Hello and welcome to episode 119 of the Building Sustainability Podcast. My name is Jeffrey Hart and every fortnight join me as I talk to designers, builders, makers, dreamers and doers. Together we can explore the wide world of sustainability in the built environment by talking to wonderful people who are doing excellent things. Uh, this is the second part of the episode with Adrian Lehman. It is a big old in-depth chat about roundhouses. If you haven't heard episode 118, then start there because it will give you the whole primer into roundhouses. We're going to chat about roofs, floors and walls in this episode, as well as some really sound building advice from Adrian. This episode also contains a few little swears, some campfire crackles and at the end, some fireworks. Okay, enjoy the episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool. So we are we're on the roof. We've done fifteen or sixteen reciprocal roofs going up, finally closing the gap on yeah. top of the the initial yeah. reciprocal roof. Yeah. Um how are you waterproofing? How well no, how are you infilling? Yeah, okay, infills. Um I oh, actually what I will say also is um, I'm timber obsessed as as you know. <laughs> uh, funnily enough i found myself building timber buildings mm. and what, what i will say about this approach in general which is advantageous is that you relatively quickly get to the point where you've got a roof that you can um be dry you know you can you can waterproof the roof relatively quickly in the build and then relatively quickly have a dry space to be working mm. in. um even if you then decide to have a non-timber-based actual wall around it. You've already got yourself a dry, convenient workspace, and that's a really good yeah. thing for a building, mm. for, for builders. Um, so we tend now, I've been through many, many, many iterations of different ways to uh, to frame out 
these roofs and I now do tend to do some version of what you can see now in this one, which is Perlin based. Mm. And yeah, I'm really glad that we've got this roundhouse here on site at the woodyard actually, because it's really useful to be able to, I'm sure I'm, I'm sorry, everybody, you can't see what we're looking at. It's, it's very useful to have this here and to be able to show people this as we talk through the different approaches. But what we will now tend to do is is this one, which is, so the purlins are horizontal beams that join the rafters, kind of making a ladder, mm -hmm. let's say. And so they're spreading the load, they're joining the rafters, and then you, and, they and then are we concentric. board onto that. Yes, they're, they're so, concentric circles. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then we run a twenty mil board on top of that. That is nice. I like that um, because we, the big one we did in Scotland, we did our boards running. We did concentric boards. Yeah, yeah. And that was so many cuts. It's a lot of cuts. A lot of angles. A lot of cuts. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking up and seeing that each little uh, section here has maybe eight boards in it yeah that's eight cuts yeah that's far fewer yeah it's pretty good it also as i found since i switched over mainly to this method that it gives you a really super super flat roof profile mm. you don't get as many lumps and bumps and weirdnesses to to work on top of it's really a quite incredible cone it gives you a very very good cone mm -hmm. really nice actually yeah i'm really happy with that as an approach Great. Yeah. Um, and your looks like you've got sort of wany edge boards up here. I have, yep. Um, That's sort of the cheaper the cheaper cut of Well a lot of this lot of this building is sort of bits and bobs, really. Right. Um Yeah, so they're wany edge boards on top. Sometimes we use wany edge, sometimes we use straight edge. Uh I like both actually. And sometimes the purlins are whole rounds as they are here. Sometimes they're half rounds. And um, yeah, and then so here we've got these 20 mil boards. And yeah, this this was the first building we did this way. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I really like it. So then more commonly we'll be doing a green roof. And what we'll quite often do now is the boards and then the butyl rubber straight to the boards right and so there was a concern that we had about puncturing the rubber yeah i know one gets so really precious about one's rubber mm. <laughs> uh, and carpet was mentioned mm. so putting a layer of carpet down so that there wasn't a splinter or a, yep. a rogue nail or something that pokes through the rubber um you don't feel that's an issue i do run over the roof not literally mm -hmm. i do go over the roof check with my hands and visually is is there anything on there that's a potential uh puncture hazard and we brush it and you know get it swept and clean after all the jointing and yeah um it's funny the thing with the rubber. It's rubber, so you, you kind of think, "Oh yeah, rubber punctures," and and it does. It's true. It's absolutely right. Mm. Uh, it's 
really good quality stuff and it's the building grade rubber which you have to get you don't for god's sake don't cover it with a pond liner um it's not thick enough so the building grade rubber is really thick mm -hmm. it's pretty hard to puncture actually yeah it's it's really good stuff and so if you give the roof a good inspection well i mean we've never had a problem with it um but yeah i think it's uh, fairly easy to spot something that's rogue that may do it some damage great um and it is designed to be put straight on deck, mm -hmm. the, the rubber. They usually advise to glue it down. We don't use the glue to glue it because we've usually got a green roof on and that's perfectly heavy enough to hold it. Yeah. Are you just using one big sheet? We are. We're using one big sheet for the entire thing. Heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is heavy. That's the... Whoa. It is heavy. That is, a, is heavy. A, an exciting lift, isn't it? Sort of dead weight uh yeah slightly floppy yeah oh yeah we've we've rolled it up timbers and rolled it up ladders and lifted it up on pulleys and done all sorts <laughs> of things over the years uh yes yeah, almost the heaviest most awkward part of the no it is the most heavy and awkward part of the building isn't it yeah it's quite a lump of stuff but yes and because we use one piece which is actually easier and cheaper it does mean that, but you were saying about this puncture thing, you can't really drag it around once you've got it on the roof. Mm. So what you what we'll tend to do is get the entire thing rolled out on site and re-roll it so that we can stick the thing up in the middle of the building and let it uh, unroll to gravity Aha, from a central that's point. Smart. And then we don't have to try and move it around. Yeah. And are you, um, are you oversizing that? But oversizing it a bit presumably yep. you buy epdm in cpdm you're using yeah isn't it? yeah you buy it in a square square yep and how are you calculating how big of a square you need um kind of the easy old-fashioned way i'm just measuring the roof right once we built it that's boringly stuff. yeah i'm sorry <laughs> yeah sorry folks <laughs> yeah. what about your cad model <laughs> all that all that interesting maths yeah no, we just measure the building. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, give ourselves a little bit of excess. Yeah. And it stretches to the sort of conical shape of the roof? There's usually a couple of relatively small pleats, mm. and that's it. Great. And if you're putting on a green roof, that's kind of just vanishes. So, yeah, it's pretty easy. See, I've got obsessed with putting the puncture-proof layer on top of the rubber. And, and arguably, even that's like, is that necessary? Yeah, because um, the concern is when you put soil and stuff for, for your green roof, there's going to be stones. Yeah, it's not so easy to go to sift through the medium that goes on the roof as it is to inspect mm. your timber. Yeah. Uh, so we'll usually have a puncture proof layer there and then we've either got a sedum roof or we've got uh, a wildflower meadow mix roof, which people seed onto mm -hmm. the onto the soil or we've got wild seeded food so people just see what comes so some stuff will come out of the soil that they put up there some stuff will come because that's the incredible way nature works mm -hmm. and, and then more recently hmm? birds will fly birds dropping will fly. the seeds yeah that is bonkers how things travel around yeah quite beautiful like when you see a like a fern or something up in a tree like yeah. just found its way into yeah, a little nook yeah, like, how did you get there <laughs> you know 
It's almost as if they walk around at night, <laughs> rerouting themselves. Uh, yeah, so we've started now also doing invertebrate roofs, mm. which is my new pet joy. We've got one here um, just behind the roundhouse on a building. Yeah, wow, blew my mind when I first discovered that. Do invertebrates need more help finding habitation than, say, butterflies need wildflower meadows mm, yeah i don't know if we're what's uh, being too invertebratist yeah there. yeah no that uh, uh, the reason i call it that is because i discovered it through an organization called bugs life okay who've been researching these roofs for quite a while in the uk and uh, connected with other organizations abroad and that's their terminology okay invertebrate roof um, we just did one, by the way. Yes, after, cause get in. You had me sweeping up shavings and putting them on that roof yeah, once, yeah, yeah. and uh, and I was like, mm, "It's a good idea." So yeah, we just did one uh, in Nettlecombe. Wicked. Oh, so I look forward to the idea that. is spreading. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Although I just saw on your one, you've put a lot more stuff up there than I did. Well, yeah, it, yeah you'll get there. I mean, <laughs> a bit like hoarding, sort of. Yeah, the opposite of hoarding. <laughs> Uh, it becomes a place to put all those those things. We're, um, it's worth uh, checking them out, though. They're, are they bugslife.co.uk, possibly? But if you certainly if you search Bugs Life, mm-hmm. you'll go to their website. Loads of really good information on there about their studies, like really properly good information. Great. Um, they've got a test one on a school. I think it was in Sheffield. It's now so diverse. Uh, English Nature have classified it a nature reserve. Wow. What? Yeah, I mean, wow. Really? away, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, was, that yeah, blew my mind. I love that. So as we put, yeah, shavings, spark, rotten logs, all sorts of stuff goes up there. Uh, it's essentially bricks. built. Bricks. I've heard people putting like bricks. Yeah, and bits it's of... kind of emulating a bit of a brownfield site mixed mm. with wildflower meadow mixed with woodland floor. Right. That's basically what's going on. And, and it's, I view it as intelligent chaos. Um, you're creating lots of niche habitats that work in different ways and offer different things to hopefully to butterflies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not anti-butterfly. I'm not anti-butterfly. <laughs> no, <I'm> pro-butterfly. <laughs> um, it's the bees you hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Not true, listeners. I love bees. Bees are my friends. So the, uh, what was I going to say? So it's, yes. So it's built in the, pretty much the same way that you would build a normal green roof, mm-hmm. you know, the structurally underneath. It's just a, 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 a variation of what you put up there. Yeah. And then, um, different types of roof, uh, dictate different size rafters going yes. back a step. Yes. Uh, heaviest, probably just a. Soil mix, would that be? Because soil, when it holds water, becomes ridiculously heavy, doesn't it? Yeah, you might be right. And depending on thickness as well. I think sedum's the lightest because it's kind of on that volcanic rock, really, isn't it? Yeah, Very minimal substrate. Yeah. Uh, and, And then again, some people in certain situations for whatever reason will just finish at the rubber layer and and of course the rubber is designed to do that Mm. so you can uh 
you know, if you're in under dense canopy, built a roundhouse underneath dense cam canopy setting, there's like bugger all light getting there. You're kind of either you, some kind of green roof isn't going to work. You're you're either going to be finishing up the rubber or you're going to intentionally go for uh, like a leaf litter woodland debris mm. kind of top. Um, both of which might be lighter. Right. Uh, one th one thing you do have to, of course, watch out for with any kind of roof that has uh, organic matter on, on the top is you, you're going to have to weed it. Right. Yeah, because you don't want trees setting root in your roof. Mm, I saw, where was I? Maybe I was coming out of Scotland, actually. I saw a a roof with some proper trees growing on it. Holy shit. Mm. And I thought, hmm, that seems like invasive root problems. Yeah, right. Wasn't a, a, an abandoned Mayan temple then? I don't don't think so. Yeah, yeah it's not just good. outside Inverness. Right. Yeah. No. Definitely not. No. <laughs> not good. Not good. Um, can you put goats up there? Trim the grass. Trim the. Trim I mean, I'm going to say yes. I've never. I've, there must be somebody out there successfully doing that. Surely, I've never done it. I've mm. never seen anyone do it. But surely, I feel like I might have seen the Centre for Ancient technology down dorset way i feel oh, like right. i might have seen sheep or goats on their, yeah. their yeah. roof Though i guess I you don't want something that. that digs too much no not, i would say not pigs not pigs chickens yeah, a bit pecky scratchy bit, bit pecky scratchy but, I, but you, and also you, i guess it can be I'm, I'm not so much an experienced grower of food um but obviously you can to, to a degree, grow interesting crops up there as well. So that's Ooh. a thing as well. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I've never yet done that. But I did once build a building for a grower that, uh, before I, well, they became mates anyway after I did the project for them. But, but yeah, they were growing uh, herbs, a lot of herbs up there. I think they had tomatoes at one point. And, mm. Yeah, really, really beautiful, actually. Um, and okay to walk around up there? Okay to walk around. Ah, so that's... Great question. Thank you. So, so part of the structural integrity of the roof that you build is probably as much to do with supporting the builders as it is to do with supporting the final thing that goes on the roof because it's a fairly flat roof mm. and you may want a team of people up there building it and or maintaining it. So the boarding that they're walking on and the purlins that those boards are supported by and et cetera, et cetera need to be able to support a few people who may choose to have a group hug in just one area. Mm -hmm. you know. Team photo. Yeah, team photo. Yeah. Don't want them crashing through the roof. Um, and it's quite, you know, people, there's a lot of waiting people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that applies to many different types of roof. You know, think about that. Don't just think about it from the point of view, oh, we only got to put a, maybe a light bit of uh, um, onduline on there or something. Yeah. You've got to get up there and do it. Seems like a really daft thing to say, but it's easy to forget. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, yeah. People don't off. But I, I don't feel like I get thought about as a builder very often. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounded like a little cry for help, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a waterproof structure. Yes. Uh, we've. Some people might stop there, might they? Some people might stop there. Have an open-sided. Yeah. And I do often say to people, actually, that if you uh, if you're building a say it's a, a teaching venue, there's no reason to necessarily rush to enclose it. Mm. You might want to live with it for a while. 
see how you feel about the openness of it, see how it works for you over the course of the year. And this um, one was open for a long time, wasn't it? A long it? time, yeah. yeah. And then you closed in the sides with a, a kind of weave. Yeah, we've tried a variety of... Pretty much everything that happens at the woodyard is experimental because we can build whatever, whatever we want here in whatever way we please. So it's really great for us as, as builders and teachers because we can experiment with something we haven't done before without needing something to be successful for a client. Mm. And gives us a chance when we've got apprentices or other people working here that we can experiment with with stuff that uh, where the outcome is a little bit unknown. And, and then we can monitor things over time, how, how they're performing. Um, so quite often we will, I mean, this roundhouse, for, for example, I mean, you'll probably remember, we didn't build it here. Mm. We built it over the other side yes, of the yard. I and it was moved here. Um, it was initially open. Walls got added by the diff very different designs in different walls. And over a period of time and some have changed and be replaced some have got built-in shelving some haven't some are removable panels some aren't some are woven some are cleft oak uh some are slab wood off cuts some are uh, in line with the posts some are exterior and and go around the posts we're probably going to put a doorway in we've just got this lovely arch painted arch at the moment an actual actual door doorway I think so, yeah. They might might go saloon doors. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, why did you decide to infill the walls? So we really enjoyed the openness of the structure for many years. And then put in a couple of uh, half-height walls on the wind side mm. to keep the chill off the back of the neck in the uh, colder seasons. And then actually found that we really liked the extra snugness of that enclosure. So we've only gone, uh, we've got slightly different heights on different walls as, as an experiment, but they're basically in the region of half height. So we've still got loads of light coming in, still got great view, got a bit of draft taken care of. Um, but yeah, really, in, really love the snugness of it. And the fire glow on, mm. on the woodwork uh, feels really, feels really homey. I really like it. It's a yeah, thoroughly lovely space. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you love wood. Yeah. You're going to do wood walls. Yeah. What other options might there be? Well, I might just say whilst I remember, whilst I'm looking at this roof, just mm. rewind back to roofs. So I've also done onjuline roofs. I don't know what that means. Uh, that's the corrugated bitumen covered. Oh, yes. Fabric thing that's, uh, yes, like corrugated tin, but it's bitumen based. I've yep. done tin roofs of different types. And just as a warning for people, I've I found the uh, putting tin roofs on roundhouses hideous. It's a lot of longitudinal angle cuts mm. on tin. It's a lot. Uh it's just a lot of metal cutting. Really not nice. And not good for material usage and, by and a square those, sheet. And then you've got those weird angles to try and close up where the, the box section or the corrugated section is at different angles. It's yeah. Just, and it doesn't look great. 
mean, it, it, it lasts well. It's relatively quick to fit. It doesn't look great. So I'm not I'm not a great fan of that. Although, it, you know, in certain situations, it may well be the way to go. And certainly if that's the material you've got and your budget's limited and mm. what have you, then go for it. But just my reason for mentioning it is, uh, yeah, expect a lot of horrible cutting. Right. Uh, the Ondi line cuts much more easily. Uh, it's a very soft, pliable thing that looks like the tin. It's a bit cheaper. doesn't last anywhere near as long. It degrades quite rapidly. It needs to be supported really, really well on, on solid timber. Otherwise, it sort of sags in the heat. And, but it's out there as an option. and It's relatively cheap. But probably the, the easiest option for for a, a, just a flat final finish is the is the rubber mm -hmm. yeah and i suppose it's too shallow a pitch to really do shingles oh yeah good point yeah it's pretty shallow for shingles yeah yeah you can do it but they won't they won't they won't perform that well although they'll probably be all right but they're just yeah longevity goes right down yeah and they are slow to install yeah really so slow if you're to gonna install. have to redo it some years later when um, they've all right out way the most expensive roofing option right that you're likely to go for yeah yeah so uh yeah sorry it's walls uh, i forgot what you said i said what else can we do for walls oh yeah what other than timber <laughs> um because you could do um i know you've done a project where i think we're using wood fiber insulation or sheep's wool insulation yeah, sheep's wool yeah so you created kind of a stud wall between the posts? Uh, on the outside of the posts. On the outside of the posts. So the posts were completely inside the building, which is uh -huh. really nice. That is what we did um, and probably what I would recommend, certainly if you're trying to make an airtight building. Yeah. Doing airtightness around or butting up to a post which is going to split slowly as it dries and is in a regular shape and, yeah, yeah it's difficult so yeah on your very um smart recommendation we pushed our our wall we actually pushed ours quite substantially past right uh the ring beam to sort of create almost like little rooms between the between the the back wall and the posts yeah i think that's a really nice way of doing it mm. yeah i agree i really like that really beautiful to have all that round timber work in the building yes like properly in it um so yes you've done so a stud frame infilled with with nice insulation yes yeah that looked truly wicked mm -hmm. it is still a timber approach as you've rightly spotted uh, um yeah that one we had a, a vertical internal and external cladding uh with a stud void um that was sheep's wool filled uh, we did that cupcake style actually that's something i've done a couple of times where we lean the the, the cladding well the whole structure is lent out so if you're inside or outside the building you're you're faced with a non-vertical wall mm, really isn't nice. that um who the american chap? oh yeah him yes he's really great yes made yurts bill yeah. copperthwaite yes there you go there you well go done. Yes. I don't know if he pioneered that. Oh, or... I don't know either. No, I don't know. Yeah, it certainly makes the inside space feel bigger because mm. the sort of space mm. is at your head height mm. uh, and is closer at your yeah. feet. And for the building externally also, 
I guess it's doing a similar thing. This is, I can't remember this is why we tried it or not. But you know this principle about columns? Uh-huh. Um, like Corinthian columns and those sorts of things. They're, they found over time that a straight column that's quite high visually looks wrong. Mm. And then they found that the optimum thing was uh, to make it not straight in order to look straight effectively. And they bulge the bottom out below halfway. Right. And so mostly columns on temples and whatever yeah. are like that. Um, and it, it did the same with the roundhouse, you see, leaning it out slightly made things sort of sit down better. It sort of, I really like the look of it. Mm. Yeah, it looks more like something just sort of nicely squatting down into the landscape. It's sort of very pleasing yeah. effect. Uh, it is a lot more work. Make no bones about that. <laughs> but it looks wicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've done a couple of those in that style. I've done straw bales. Mm. Um which yeah, the the sort of complication there was um, building a top and bottom ring beam, sort of separate ring beam. Uh, again, I recommend outside of that the sort of structural uh, ring beam and posts. And you need that the a top beam which will sink down and squash your straw bales mm, to get yeah, that yeah, compression. Yeah. And it's yeah, it can be a bit tricky. We had one that was kind of we pinned it up in the air filled in our bales, dropped it down, and then came in with uh, with timbers afterwards and kind of wedged it against the roof mm. and then infilled that bit on top with mm. sheep's wool. And I think we did some light straw clay nice. up there as well. Yeah, that's definitely an option. Again, yeah, really recommend don't muck around with your posts. <laughs> it yeah. just makes it hard work. Uh, Sorry, what do you mean don't muck around with your As posts? in your structural posts. Don't yeah. have the bales notched Oh, I see. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think a lot of people think yeah. you can notch a straw bale, so we'll do that. And it's a pain to plaster. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you want your plaster to form a, an airtightness barrier. Yeah. Uh, so you need to plaster behind. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there's quite a few things i think in uh, probably in all types of building I, I suppose the thing one of the i always say to people who come on a course crikey i can't believe i'm now sharing with you the the the, the end point of a course it's not it's but it, it's it's just general sort of good advice actually that i'll always say to people like on your first build uh first of all the best thing is to do is to build small mm. like, build a model better make a silly mistake on a bunch of sticks that you can pick up with your hands yeah quickly in a few hours and on a real size project buildings by their very nature are huge projects it's really although you might say well on some level it's like making a piece of furniture and it is but scale wise and weight wise and time scale wise it absolutely is not mm. and so this is a general bit of advice i would say to anyone is if it's your first time or if it's your first time with that type of structure, build it small first. And I say, if you can't build it small first, keep it simple. Mm. And ideally keep it small and simple. But if you can't build small, keep it simple. So don't try and challenge yourself on all fronts simultaneously. Don't have too many unknown things that you're having to pioneer or wrestle partway through the project that might throw up issues that you hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the, the weight and time scale and adventure of the build is sufficiently amazing in any case that even if you keep it simple, it will still be an amazing journey. So try and if you if you want to experiment with a particular kind of thing in a building, just limit the number of them that are experimental and unknown and keep as many of the components as possible fairly obvious and straightforward. You can always then build another building at some other point in your life and try and experiment with something more, but don't trip yourself up on the first one and make things really horrible and protracted and annoying. And you can iron out a lot of those things at, at, at small scale, so it's always worth starting small. Mm -hmm. I think a top tip... Sorry to give away all your secrets. Uh, <laughs> top tip, you told me, build your reciprocal roof on the ground first. Yeah. Don't muck around at height. Yeah. Learning how to do a thing. Yeah, that's another good bit of advice, isn't it? Work at height is like, what would you say? I mean, half the speed of work oh, at ground level? Less? Much less, yeah. yeah. It is slow. And it's it is, so slow. And it's da well, because it's dangerous. It dangerous. Yeah. So slow, yeah. So yeah, don't be figuring out how your reciprocal roof goes together and yep. you know oh do we need to put some joints in here or whether yeah 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 and there's um i mean kind of as sort of general advice and uh and stuff yeah i think with the particularly with with roundhouses i suppose well we haven't right it is it's a noisy <laughs> night everyone <laughs> there's a lot of fireworks going on um, um, yeah, what we haven't covered actually, but well, should we wind slightly because we've balls, what we haven't covered because you and I have possibly not done it. I certainly haven't mm. done it. I haven't done load bearing walls and put Ooh. a reciprocal roof on it. No, I've not done that. So you're thinking like a cob wall or a cob stone, or, yeah, or, or load bearing straw bale or stone. Mm. Um, I've done cob infill and I've done cordwood infill. And I've done straw bale infill, but I've and straw bale non-load supporting, but I've never done load supporting walls on a roundhouse. But just to put it out there, so also a really good way to go. And a, a reciprocal roof will sit well on a, any kind of load bearing wall, as well as it will sit on a timber wall. Mm -hmm. Still needs some kind of ring beam. It still needs anchoring to the the, the material in the wall. But um, yeah, still a, a, a really good way to go. Mm. Oh, floors. Do, we should I, talk about floors. Well. You've got, uh, obviously, excellent floor experience. Well, everyone should put earth floors in their roundhouse. <laughs> uh, I mean, I suppose it's sort of, you know, if you're doing an internal space or an ex external space, is that a good way of describing the difference? Uh, sort of home or outside structure. I mean, this one's got wood chip. Mm. It's nice. Mm. Uh, you, you. I was going to say you might not want to sleep on it, but I think I might tonight. You <laughs> might, <laughs> you might want to sleep on it. Um, yeah. I mean, I prob, I would potentially shy away from doing an earth floor in an out, a bit, out inside outside space like this. Right. The difficulty for me would be water getting underneath. When you do an earth floor, you saturate the top in linseed oil and the sort of top 10 15 mil goes polymerizes and goes super hard um and waterproof if water gets to the bit underneath then you've got mud turning back into mm. liquid sloppy mm. mud 
So, I mean, with the right detailing, you could pretty much guarantee that that wasn't going to happen. Certainly if you sort of raised it up, uh, if you sort of been filled with gravel or something like that mm. first, to get yourself sort of out of the water level. Yeah. It's probably, yeah, it's definitely doable. Um, yeah, do that. Put another floor in. There you go. <laughs> uh, I recently uh, had the pleasure of sitting on one of your earthen floors. Yeah. A client I was doing some work for, and it was a very beautiful thing. So, yes, I, I second that. <laughs> I've only done, I've done an earthen floor once. Yeah. One experience of it, yeah, and loved it, yeah. What, uh, what situation was that? That was one of my first professional builds. It was a back garden studio, monopitch, building around with timber frame, Watland door balls, lime rendered, earthen floor. Nice. Really nice. I don't think it was quite to the quality of yours. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I am the UK's leading. Yeah, uh, so I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> floor yeah. Slash only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, no I've normally done, if I've done floors, I've normally done floating uh, timber floors, mm. which in all situations have been attached to the frame uh, with then additional piers supporting the, the timbers inside. And pretty much done as a normal conventional timber floor would be done. Nothing particularly unusual in, in it. Yeah. Other than it has to fit within a round building. Mm -hmm. There's a really great example. Sorry, I'm jumping back to earth floors. Um, <laughs> a bit like me talking about wood. Yeah. <laughs> Stop going on about mud. Uh, Tom Ingle up in Leamington Spa did a fantastic mm. um, round wood, uh, well, reciprocal roof round timber frame. I'm jumbling all my words now, getting overexcited. Um, mm. uh, and he put an earth floor in there, and it mm. is, it's a stunning example. Uh, I must go and see it. Yes. Yeah. You really should. Yeah, um, I'd like to go and see that. And, yeah, I convinced him that we should ferment the straw, so mix up all the mix yeah. uh, beforehand and then and then let it all ferment. Uh, I didn't realise quite how long it was going to smell like a farm. <laughs> And right. luckily for him, he had other stuff to do around, you know, the, the property uh, because, yeah, it was pretty, pretty pongy for a while. Um, wow. But it made a super strong, really yeah, beautiful nice. floor. Yeah, I should go and see it, actually, because uh, I can't remember what I advised him now. So I did some consultancy sessions with him about that. And he I think came to look at some of the structures that I built down here. So I'd love to see how that... Um, played out it's one of the things that yeah so i've been around framing for as a you know professionally for 20 years and going back to see buildings that you have either built or help other people build and seeing over time how they've performed has been an invaluable thing for me having you know stuck at largely doing the same thing for 20 years so much so rich like the things that you learn from that experience that you just can't get simply from building something and then leaving after it's built mm -hmm. like you learn of course shitloads doing that about how to put things together but you don't learn how things perform over time and really that's arguably half of yeah of the skill of building or the knowledge base of building you're making your your best informed decision to make something last and perform yeah yeah but yeah, yeah. I, you don't I mean, know the, the ins and outs of how no, the building's used. Or... That's right. I mean, it's something, again, we're really lucky with this 
site. We've been based here for over 10 years now, and we've built quite a few round wood timber framed things here. And as I was saying earlier, we've intentionally mixed things up and kept things different and always used different styles. And some things aren't necessarily particularly obvious as what they are, but I really do enjoy actually on, on the course, we always go around and visit all the different successes and failures, mm. some accidental, some intentional on site, because the learning you get from those things is incredible. So we've been able to observe over that 10 years how various things have performed. It's super interesting. Yeah. Really, really super interesting. And the longer we're here, <laughs> the more amazing sort of things come to light because those processes are quite long. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in terms of different foundation types, um, different jointing types, different waterproofing types, different ways of putting things together. So it's something that I would really advise to people who are thinking of building either for the first time or uh, a particular style of building for the first time is do go and visit some other buildings. Mm. Go and visit them. Um, find out about them, how, how they've performed and what have you. Uh, and if possible, try and speak to the person who uses it mm. and, and, and ask them the question, you know, well, what were the successes and failures or surprises of, of this build? Yeah. What would you do differently? What if you would did you it do again? differently? Yeah, for sure. What uh -huh. would you do differently? And another thing I would say to people, well, another thing I do say to people um, when I teach is half of the equation of what you build and or how you build it is not to do with the dreamy notion that you might have of what you want or how a particular design that inspired you might have looked in a book or what have you. It's uh it's it's to do with kind of the everyday things you know realistically how much time have you got available in your life to build this thing mm -hmm. on a weekly and a monthly basis and over what time scale how many mates have you really got who can help you and prepared to dedicate a similar amount of time or how much budget have you actually got and how many days of a professional's time will that buy you mm -hmm. um what's the access like to your site how long is it going to take you to drag materials there and over what distance and what machinery or person power or whatever you've got would it take to do that and th th these these things kind of end up if you when you start looking i mean you'll know this because you also being a professional builder but once you start looking at these things they end up directing the the the, the, the nature of your build quite substantially and and the, the more so I've done obviously quite a lot of builds for people, but I've done quite a lot of consultation for people, uh, particularly over the last five years. I do quite a lot of consultation for people now who, and a lot of them are uh, quite capable builders or skilled craftspeople and, and what have you. But it just can be really useful to have a second brain and a second pair of ears and, mm. and a bit of experience with someone who can ask those sorts of questions that are specific to that person and to their location and to where they are in their life, you know, and all sorts of stuff to try and tease out, well, what is, what is the best trajectory for your build? What's the critical pathway through? Because the building's a beautiful process, but it is also goal-oriented. You've got to get somewhere at the end of it. You've got to complete a building and it's got to work for you. 
and and part of that question is like uh to do with the the uh what your life will allow you to do mm-hmm. and to go through those things and what your sight will allow you to do and all these things so it's good to have a second person to sort of question you through those things like whether it's a professional like me that you might call up and book an hour's consultation with or it's whether it's just a mate you know find someone that can cross question you on some of that stuff because it's very easy to get super excited as as we all do about like some amazing design you know like <laughs> oh my god i really want to build that and that's great because that'll give you loads of impetus and drive and 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 stamina to to get stuck into something but you do need someone who can stand slightly aside and say like yeah mate are you really saying you're gonna spend the next five <laughs> years of your life slogging out doing this thing you're like how are you going to be earning some money how are you going to pay yeah. people are you going to this that or the other because you don't want a really shit horrible experience in a half completed building with the rain's getting in five years later and it's not finished. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. And, and that's such a common story. So find someone who'll do that for you. Nice. I went on a bit of a rant there, didn't I? Was that a ranty? No. Oh, good. Okay. No, it was good. <laughs> I think you'll get some good business out of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, great. I, 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 I absolutely love encouraging people to get stuck into things and making it more achievable for people and possible and allowing people to cut some corners with some professional advice and guidance and perspective and what have you but whatever find someone yeah because it it can be your mate whatever it is or, or many mates ask loads of people mm. you know don't let it just live in your head because it can quite easily become a dream and be not realizable love it roundhouses roundhouses yeah Hopefully popping up all over the country like mushrooms. Well, they are. I mean, I suppose, uh, yeah. Uh, do you know, we're, I guess we're kind of reaching a point in the in the podcast now. We're definitely reaching a point what, in the what podcast What does the time now. say? It says one one hour 50. Okay. Yeah. Um, what I feel like I'd like, one of the things I feel like I'd like to do is uh, give a bit of credit to people that I've learned from and mm. also like the lineage of it and... Like I don't want to bang on about it or anything, but uh, but I feel indebted to certain people, um, many of whom are still around that I've learned from and have pioneered stuff. Um, Tony Wrench, obviously. My current table tennis buddy <laughs> is Jack Everett. He was a very, very early pioneer of reciprocal roofs and still does a lot of work with that and... There's a lot of work with bamboo, like Christ, what an amazing building material. Mm. Um, and he's a real dude. And uh, yeah, he's he's been building reciprocal roofs and roundhouses for a long time, even longer than me, as as has Tony. And um, yeah, both really super amazing, great people that I've learned a lot from and uh, in various ways. I've learned how to uh, relentlessly be beaten at table tennis by Jack, amongst other things. <laughs> um I mean, it was nice to fulfil the role of getting pasted today. <laughs> <laughs> you were very kind and you only showed your true uh, dominance on a few occasions. Well, there's plenty of, always plenty of opportunity for table tennis at the yard. It's one of my, one of my loves. You got, you got any kind of conclusion summing up hmm. things and words of wisdom for people and do you know what? Um, there was a there's a, a phrase you said to me uh, that I think you might stay, say on all of your sort of roundhouse builds about um, taking loads of trees out of the woods, hmm. uh, 
doing loads of work to them and then standing them back up as trees. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I'm sure you could say really nicely and sort of summarise just the, the whole roundhouse experience. Yeah, yes. It's, yes, the irony of my life that yeah, I spend an amount of time cutting trees down and then a, quite a long time trying to make them stand up again. Um, yeah, I suppose it's partly about, and you touched on it earlier, about this thing of using materials rather than products. And part of the thing with natural building, it's, it is it is a relationship. And so you're, you're embarking, or we are embarking on a, a relationship with the natural world by harvesting uh, things from the natural world, which we use to make ourselves comfortable and and safe safe and shelter us and yeah uh and and that's a relationship getting to know those materials it's a really beautiful relationship with living things uh as opposed to uh stuff that comes out of a factory so so it's and as with all the re- types of relationship they're they're a grown sort of journey um as much as they are a final destination and um so don't don't be too hard on yourself about the various failings or underperformings of your first build there'll be lots of things that didn't go quite according to plan and there'll be things that quite definitely fuck up and <laughs> there'll be things that you'll need to redo and there'll be some of those things that you just have to live with and be like yep that, that's just a thing but yes, yeah, it's, it's a journey and, and you're supposed to learn along the way. And I mean, again, this is another thing I say to people on courses, the whole reason for coming on a course really, as far as I'm concerned, is, is fucking up's okay. That's like one of the best ways to learn. I mean, ideally fuck it up on a course or when you're helping someone else and they fucked it up and you've learned from it. Don't Try to do as many things as you can, obviously, <laughs> to make the fuck-ups not happen on your perfect thing. But whatever you do try and do, at the end of the day, there are going to be fuck-ups on your build. That's just the nature of building. Nothing goes perfectly. And you always get that kind of like... And they can be really amazing learning experiences of when something goes wrong. That's the time you have to think on your feet and be spontaneous and and creatively problem-solve. And it's, it can be a really nice thing. But you still might get these bits in your building that... Um, don't quite work but you'll probably build something else in the future i'm sure because you'll get hooked like we all do Mm -hmm. um and that's that's the way you learn and you can never get everything right yeah celebrate the failures yeah celebrate the failures (laughs) try and make them early and small scale yeah yeah laugh at the failures Mm -hmm. revel in the failures (laughs) carry on (laughs) yeah don't don't be beaten by them no don't be beaten by them and don't don't be kind of beaten about beaten down by the story of square either the story of square is like is everywhere and it's quite a dominant narrative in society in all regards not just its literal square houses but like you know even if you're listening to this podcast like thank you for listening to this podcast and choosing to search out something different and a different way and there are loads of us out there uh, get out there, get involved in stuff that's going on and keep searching out a better way. Yeah. Maybe uh, cross paths with other mad and peculiar people like us. (laughs) 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That was brilliant. Thank you, Adrian. I had such a good time having a chat with you. We actually started the day with a wild swim uh, then there was a spoon club, the Tetbury Spoon Club at the Woodyard. Hung out with lovely people, making spoons, eating soup. Yeah, lovely time indeed. And then, yeah, hung out in the evening with uh, with Adrian recording this and then hung out with B and Rosie uh, for a lovely time around the fire. Such gorgeous times in beautiful places with wonderful people. Thank you, Adrian, for, for hosting that and for, uh, for giving us savoury porridge. Uh, <laughs> um... I wanted to highlight uh, there is an episode with Matty Whitaker and Joe Bolton where they talk about their roof and some of the species that have been growing on their roof uh, fits quite nicely with this one. If you haven't heard that, then do check that out next. I'll put a link in the show notes. Oh, I just wanted to say about the straw bale. If you're doing straw bale in a, uh, a roundhouse, I probably now would not make a movable top beam i think i would fix that all in place and i would compress the bales it's possible to build say five bales high and then you compress down those bales and you can slot in the last bale and the, the kind of lower bales spring back up and you get a nice tight fit um, i would say that's probably easier than having a movable top ring both possible both involve a little bit of head scratching um recommend barbara jones's book she goes through all of the uh, the ways to do those things i'll put a link to that in the show notes uh also links uh i'll try and find uh, bugs life center for ancient technology that got to mention bill copperthwaite definitely have a look at his yurts uh he's got a really beautiful book that is called handmade life definitely worth a look uh i'll see if i can find a link to tom ingles roundhouse uh probably just his instagram page uh links to tony wrench as from the first episode and i would love to link you to jack everett's work who uh adrian mentioned at the end there but i can't find anywhere uh maybe if someone knows uh how we can see that then uh, let me know and i will add a link uh, right, that is pretty much it. There's just time to say uh, if this was your first episode, then please do check out other episodes and subscribe uh, for all future ones. There's loads of building and sustainability related content for you to get your ears into. Is that a phrase? 
Sure. Uh, yes, if you've enjoyed it, please do share. It takes two seconds and helps out loads. Patreon, if you want to support the podcast uh, financially and maybe you want to get a hand-carved wooden spoon, then head to patreon.com forward slash building sustainability. You get loads of bonus episodes and content and advert-free listening and that warm, fuzzy glow from help helping out to get more episodes of this podcast made. Uh, okay, that is about it from me. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed Adrian Lehman. I hope you are having a wonderful day and I can't wait to be back in a couple of weeks for another building sustainability. All right then, until next time, bye-bye.